into a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere close we don't want to walk far nor do we want the hassle of a car you're in the cool room I am Damien Gibson and joining me as always and putting me off as always is David Griffiths. It's just so easy to do, you know, why would I not do it? <laughs> and joining us today is uh, Peter Cornwell from the Masterson's Bar in Mooney Ponds. Yay, thank you. Thanks for being on man. No, that's all right. We've only just got here 20 minutes ago. Yeah, we're, it's, we're having an excursion today, so that's exciting. Yes. You've gotten that's out nice. of the city of Melbourne. We've got out of the city of Melbourne. Yes, <laughs> we have. <laughs> We've done a little bit of travelling for the podcast, but this is the directly 50, between you and me, so... The 59 tram. The 59 tram. It's not quite the 57, but it's the 59. Uh, I grew up on the 57 <laughs> line, I know what it's like. We have a choice between the 57 or the 59, so it really just it, where I live, and so it's just a little bit of one of those choices about, you know, how much wildlife I feel like seeing yeah, on any given day. I was just about to say that. I think 59 is probably the safe choice every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> safe but dull. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at this stage of my life, Dave, that's what I'm looking for in a tram ride. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, you want the excitement. Hard no. My heart can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some remarkable things on the 57 tram, but that might be its own podcast one day. Ooh, a podcast on the... I don't know if we'd... I don't know if we'd survive. We could do a podcast about each tram line in Melbourne. But someone's yeah, probably... I, I, feel like, I feel like someone's already done it. You do the 86 yeah. and just get off at all the breweries. And Absolutely, yeah. That's true. That's true. There is like a 86 tram pub, crawl. pub yeah. crawl that's happening now. I think, yeah, Westside and B3 did it last year. Yeah. You used to yeah. do the upfield line as well. The upfield line? Yeah, you do one of the, you know, and, you know, this is very much your drinking in parks kind of, you know, in the northern <laughs> suburbs kind of thing, Damo. I was going to say, once you get past Coburg, there wouldn't be a huge amount of... Yeah, but but that you know if you made it out, if you make it as far as Coburg, you know essentially you know you're probably a bit sick of pub crawling by that stage yeah. and just happy to stay in whatever pub you land. Unless you go to Coburg and then go to the is it the last chance saloon or whatever it is. Yeah, on Sydney Road. Right. Yeah, first and last. First and last. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Never drink no, there in my life. End a pub crawl at that, that place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right across from Faulkner Cemetery. So that's either, true. Either way, that's we true. digress. Get straight across. Um, all right, Peter, we, every episode we ask the same, we call them the traditional questions. And getting up to episode 33 probably is becoming a tradition. Mm. The first question that we always ask is where and when did you have your first beer slash drink? And we're kind of looking for more salacious type stories rather than I had a little nip of dad's beer when I was 10. Like, in reality, I more or less grew up in pubs. So, um, like, mum and dad didn't run pubs. Dad was just in pubs because he was a bookmaker. So, you know, I spent a ton of my time as a baby um, in between the Met, uh, the Limerick Castle, the Albion, uh, the Edinburgh Castle, which is now just called the Castle, and all those pubs in North Melbourne, which – on the 57 don't even exist anymore. They don't. You can, no. You can do a good pub crawl of pubs that don't exist in North Melbourne anymore. <laughs> yeah, so like I grew up between the Homebush and the British and neither of those two, they're right. all apartments now. Yeah. Um, like the re- I, probably the real first time I actually had a drink was when I got to uni. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like just – and that would have been at the Nort. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. Very boring. 
Do you remember what you were drinking that evening? Uh, I'm assuming it would have been Carlton Draft because that was the only yeah. beer on tap in Melbourne <laughs> at, at the Nort <laughs> until the Nort got bought by um, Tui's many years later. Yeah. You, remember that stage? I do. We were all pretty much all the pubs between Flemington Racecourse and the city were in a, in a direct line bought by Tui's. Tui's. Yeah. Yeah. You just couldn't get anything other than Tui's beer for a good three or four years north side. No, because like, oh, well, there's like stories like the Laurel down the street. You know, because of that, somebody got shot in a different pub because he refused to drink Tui's. <laughs> <laughs> and he moved, to a, he moved to another place where they only served Carlton Draft and that's where they shot him. That's a... This feels like one of those <laughs> stories that we shouldn't... That, yeah, that's exactly, that we, we shouldn't go into too much that's more detail underbelly. about that one. Yeah, that's exactly... That's super <laughs> underbelly. Um, well, what about... You've got... Uh, what about craft beer? Craft beer, I remember... Soup? Like, we were living in the CBD uh, 15 years ago when the James Squires brew house opened on the corner of uh, Little Collins and Russell. Mm-hmm. And we literally the lived old a, Santa Fe or whatever the it was old back Santa in the Fe day. Santa Fe Gold, yeah. The old Never st- heard of it. No, what? I don't know what, what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a podcast where we all just deny knowledge of shootings and strip clubs. And um, so that actually changed the outlook in the city. And that was more like, and I don't, like these days, nobody would call James Squires Graft. Yeah. But 15 years ago, that was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like Mountain Goat was. It more or less just opened in Richmond. Yeah. So they, they were doing all right. You could get that and you could get the occasional European, like exotic European thing. I remember getting some French thing that had cognac in it. And, <laughs> wow. And what like, was what was that like? That was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So you could, there was a bottle shop. We were living in Paran. There was a bottle shop on Commercial Road where you could get really exotic stuff. Yeah. Uh, called Vin. I don't. That's obviously not there anymore. Mm. But you know, people were having a crack at stuff. And uh, remember, the GB put out piss. Yeah, yeah. which is just Geelong bitter rebranded. But you know, people were mm. trying to do something different as opposed to brew it. Yeah. Um, then we went overseas for ten years. So right, crafts. Australian craft sort of got lost on us for you know, a, a fair period of time. Yeah. Um, like we'd always return home, you know, once or twice a year, but yeah. Right. The yeah. industry would have moved a lot in those sort of, in those years. Yeah. Well, like we went to Singapore for four years and there was no real craft there. Mm. And so like it was basically dominated by Tiger and yeah. like Carlsberg and Heineken. Mm. Like they owned everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, you'd occasionally then you'd see some people would be popping up occasionally, and there was like an Australian bar in Singapore that you, know, you could get the exotic VB stubby. Mm. <laughs> it is strange to be overseas and come across an Australian beer, even if it is a Foster's or a Vic or whatever, and get yeah. slightly yeah. excited yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, oh, gee, VB. Yeah. And mother's milk. Oh, I remember why I don't like this. It's fine. And then we um. And like and like we started seeing more of the like the American stuff was we get yeah. into Singapore. Yep. Um like your rogues, yeah. Yeah. All that Sierra Nevadas and yeah. things of like that I imagine. Yeah. Um and we travelled a lot, so we would be seeing all kinds of different stuff and we'd go out of our way to try and find craft beer. So at one stage we went to Japan and so you know, the Japanese train grid 
which is yeah. you know, massive. We actually went off the grid, which is you know, exotic. Got, yeah. And went. To, it took us an hour to find this bar. And we walked in there and they had a wall of um, the little 10-litre kegs. Yep. Nice. And that's all they were. And, like, it was literally, like, it was like a, ca- a cabinet. You, they would open it up and change the keg through the cabinet. <laughs> and, like, it was just every, like, it was just little uh, people, nano manufacturers that were just producing these 10-litre kegs for this place. And, like, on the left-hand side they had that little bar and on the right-hand side they had the yakitori. Oh, this nice. is sounding pretty ideal to me. Oh, it was awesome. And like it was, you know, cold outside. We, it was nice and warm in there. It took us an hour to find it. We're happy. We didn't move. Yeah. And like we were the odd ones there. Like you know, a couple of you know, expats sitting there, and everybody, nobody spoke English. Yeah, like right. Because it, it had gone off the grid. It was. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah, mm. and like that's like that's sort of where we started, you know, on the craft journey. Yeah. When we um moved to Hong Kong. The like we started going out to, to one bar and they had um they had Rogue on tap mm-hmm. and they had the Rogue and Heineken I think and then one day the, we what rocked up and they had um a beer called Young Master on mm. which is Hong Kong right um and it's like what where did this come from and it had a really interesting aftertaste it was like really 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 good yeah and that was probably seven they they sat up six years ago so yeah so yep. just on six years ago and i'm enjoying a delicious hong kong beer right here at masterson's right now so that's actually made by young master yep so that's the um cha cha tang which is the salted lime ghost very nice sunday afternoon beer it won the Australian Beer Award for the Best Sour in 2018. Yeah, right. Um, got a gold medal last year in 2019 and will more than likely either gold or win the award again because they really – like that's an amazing beer. Yeah. It's yeah. A, on a 40-degree day, it's perfect. After Yum Char in Mooney Ponds, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a no plans for a yakitori sort of little, you know, thing in the corner. Oh, I, I, it's hard enough to deal with like – the health department, if you've got a class three food license, I don't want to extend that one. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is true, gentle listener. Um, outside of your own bar, where do you like to have a beer in around Melbourne? Um, ooh, I suppose if the, generally we'll go get the bus over to the Great Northern. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't open Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Monday's Palmer Day and Tuesday's Steak Day there. Nice. So, so you just stay over Monday night. <laughs> so if you ever get the chance, their $15 Tuesday steak is unbelievable. That's at the Great Northern. At the Great Northern. Northern. And, and like their tap list is amazing. Yeah. Like they've got like 30 beers on tap and it's, you know, proper prices as opposed to some of the other places that like you're paying $13 a pint, yep. not, you know, $17 a pint. Yeah. I lived on Canning Road for a couple of years and that was the close, like, it was literally a block away from my house. Yeah. So. Spent a lot of good, <laughs> solid, good, solid working uh, hours, spending mm. hours in that front bar. So that's where you should study. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't think. See, when I want to study, Peter, I want to study. And if I went to the Great Northern, I wouldn't do any study. And I'd probably lose my laptop and textbooks. And <laughs> you did once lose a laptop near there. I have, <laughs> yep, I have lost a laptop before. That's that's no lie. But uh, I'm not the one on trial here, David. Let's move on. We already kind of touched on overseas. That, that bar in Japan sounds amazing. Is there anywhere else that um, you can suggest that me and David go 
Well, if you ever get junket, well, if you ever get the chance to go to Brittany, like France, yeah, everyone thinks of wines. The beers that are coming out of France and Spain are unbelievable. We yes. haven't had France suggested before, so no. this is absolutely one to add no, to the I map. Really like that suggestion. A lot. Yeah, so we um <laughs> we went. I've we got a bit of a cycling theme, as you can see from the bar, and we went on a bike ride. It's, a, it's called Trobro Leon, which is a a professional race in Brittany. Yeah. Mm. And so we, we went there as an excursion out to go somewhere different. And yet again, we just found where the craft beer places were. Yep. And we found this craft beer, um, a brewery called a, a Barrel de Brasserie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went, and like spectacular. Like the beers were unbelievable. Went to the brewery and, you know, French law dictates you can't drink on the premises, blah, 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 but you can mm. buy it. So we bought a slab, yeah. a mixed slab. And the bloke would have been like six foot seven and massive. Yeah. And he had a twin brother. It was like, <laughs> and we're just there having, like, and he said, look, I don't have anything cold. So he you know, put in, got onto you know, Google Maps and found a craft beer bar in the middle of um, Brest. Yep. So I drove over there, started tasting the craft beers, and it turned out the bloke running the bar had spent two years in, in Sydney. Right. Um, <laughs> so on that, you know, the two-year uh, young exchange uh, yep. visa working program, visa, working yep. visa program, and all through France and Spain. That's what we ran into. Like every time we went to a bar, it was somebody that spent two years in Australia. In Australia, mm. yeah, right. And the beers, and they gone, oh, no, you need to try this one. You need to try that one. And it was just all open and like it's, it's popping up. Like it's a global trend. Yeah, that's mm. phenomenal. So, Mr. Yeah. Freudenberg, you know, if you're listening, you know, this is our tax, you know, we now have to, for the podcast, mm-hmm. go to France and mm. write that off on our tax. We're ambassadors for the Australian <laughs> yes. beer industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try the, Australian t- the Australian taste bud industry. <laughs> Create the job you want, David. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, now, the signature question that we ask everybody is what is the strangest, funniest, weirdest thing you've seen in a cool room the strangest things that's ever happened to me in a cool room okay mm. was oh, close to this time last year so i'm already feeling slightly disturbed <laughs> the hong kong beers come in key kegs so i don't know if you've ever seen yep. them. the plastic kegs that are, it's basically like a goon bag mm-hmm. we're familiar yeah, yeah. um somebody was here we we're talking about a, a double ipa i had on I had, and I said, look, I'll whack, quickly whack it on. We can, went in there, got the coupler, put the coupler on, and somehow the um, top of the keg had gotten pierced. Yeah, I think we have a similar story to this in our lives. Go on. Yeah, and as I'm there, like 30 litres of beer rapidly coming out the top of the keg straight on me everywhere. I walked out looking like a drain rat and it's still like I walked out and it's still going and we had a like a room would have been 35 degrees room full of people in here just pissing themselves <laughs> off <laughs> and like it took you know months just to get that like the, it stains the you know the floor you know, had yeah. to, mm. and you can never clear out the cool rooms actually clean up properly yeah, absolutely those, yeah. those plastic kegs are they have they're they're very good and logical environmentally, mm. and well, I blew one up with myself on it once, yeah. like oh, properly okay. blew it up, um, dangerously. So. Dangerous, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> like, it could have been a lot, a yeah. lot worse. Yeah, Damo used to live a couple of blocks away from that bar, 
And you reckon you heard it in your lounge room? I reckon I did. I mean, no, everyone thinks I'm insane, but I'm sure I heard that. Because it was so quiet around Kensington, and you just heard the, I just heard this bang. And then I had to work that afternoon, so I came in like an hour later, and David had almost killed himself with one of those plastic kegs. Well, and, I was still, and I was still giggling because it was, I was in that much shock that I just sat there giggling and drinking vodka. And, and it's annoying given the fact that if it's in a key keg, you know it's expensive. And that's exactly right, yeah. So, like, it's, like a, there's a couple of hundred down the drain, yep. literally. Oh, well, or a couple yeah. of thousand because yeah. you can't sell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be, so this one was an empty keg by that stage, oh. but that was almost the problem that it was over-pressurised and yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. degas properly. So. Oh, and the way that they, like, you know, my wife Jill's worked out a way, that an easier way to get, like, you basically literally get the power drill and just put a hole in the bottom of it and it decompresses really quickly, but... Mm. That's not something I'd advise on the basis of... (laughs) But that was more or less what I was trying to do. And I sort of knelt on top of the keg and there must have been a rock or something in the backyard and it just went loose completely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Terrifying. To to this day, it's still terrifying just thinking about it, Dave. And it's funny, the key kegs, um, we've ended up giving a ton away for using them as planter pots. Mm. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they work really... Because they've got the nice little... Mm. um, hexagonal or octagonal thing and they can sit in a different yeah. way. and yeah. Or homes for snails. Homes for snails, homes for sh- strawberries. There's no- I hadn't <laughs> thought about any of this. <laughs> Invent the job you want, mate. Well, yeah. no, no. well look, I've only, I've just got, uh, I planted tomatoes two months ago and I've got my first tomato this morning, so I'm very excited. But I, I don't know anything Welcome about to Gardening anything. with Domo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys were talking about strawberry boxes and stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter, lots, lots of our listeners dream about opening a bar, especially a cool one like this one. Uh, can we talk through the story of how you got to this stage in your life? Um, in 50 words or less. In 50 words or less. It's basically something that we'd always wanted to do. Yeah. So I had, have absolutely no background in hospitality. Yeah. Um, except for you know, being in pubs most of my life from the, the other side. Um, we just always wanted to do it. Like yeah. it was just we worked to it for, you know, 20 years to get to it. So just it's a, it's a interesting, it's a hard one, that one. Yeah. Like you know, Jill had, like she'd worked in hotels and restaurants, you know, Earlier, yeah. but yeah, you know, that's not what we did when we were overseas. So, yeah. but do you think your work experience and life experience prior to opening a bar, like, did they help in any way, or were there things that you could take from those jobs and apply to hospitality? Um, I would say the complete polar opposite. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I'm a mathematician, right, and worked in banks for. Banks and insurance companies for twenty years. It's yeah. <laughs> We're here. Like at least everything's. Like, it's more of a casual, you know, attitude. Like it's people come in here and have a chat, and that's mm. what we encourage. Yeah. And you know, we end up here on you know Fridays and Saturdays with you know groups like big groups of people that have never met before having a, like seven different conversations. Yeah, it seems and, one of the best bits about owning a pub yeah. or bar, isn't it? It's just. And that's the main driver. Mm. Like just the, the concept of sitting behind a desk and doing 
you know, stuff every day. Mm. Like I'd had enough of it, so. I understand. Yeah, I think I'm we... very much at that point in my life right now. <laughs> uh, but that's, a, that's another podcast. <laughs> when did you first have the, the idea to open the bar? Oh, like when I was 18. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Just for the listeners who haven't been to the, the bar, can you describe what sort of vibe you're going for? We like to think of it as like walking into somebody's lounge room. So, like, we've got seven, five sofas, you know, chairs everywhere at the front and down here where we are, like, a couple of um, stools and, yeah. you know, high tables, TV with, you know, something on. But did I've managed to not yell out in excitement but as the gridiron goes on behind us here, so I've been very well behaved. But, um, like, generally the sound isn't on because I just, like, I find if the TV sound is on, it drags away from people, con- like, mm. music. You can block it out, but it's good to have there because it'll it'll fill in the empty spaces where that will drag people away. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just wanting people to come in here and have a chat. And yeah, it's a very cozy, inclusive. Yeah, like and like it's like all the walls are you know full of art. It's you know makes people think and look and yeah. You get a couple of pieces where you know people are always wanting to have a chat about it. It's got Maybe. a really nice feel to it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Especially the Richmond scarves. I've seen a couple of Richmond yeah. scarves. We like to put Richmond stuff around. That makes me feel very at home, so I'm yeah. happy with that. <laughs> and we had um, like a couple of Richmond players used to live in just behind that building. <laughs> oh, no, you may regret this. <laughs> Damo, Damo, come back. Don't tell me. No, but so um, Brandon just moved up to the Gold Coast. Oh. And Nathan has moved over to um, Thornbury. So. Is that Nathan Broad? Yeah. I love that. So, <laughs> yeah, they signed our poster for us. Uh, we'll have to look at that afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to just, da- just, just a, a little bit excited. Um, what's been the biggest challenge you've faced in setting things up here? Uh, from an actual setup perspective, you know, obviously the council yeah. goes for everyone. So, obviously, this wasn't a bar. No. Sort of, this space wasn't a bar. So, this used to be uh, Lacey's Kids Wear. Right. So she was here for 38 years. Right. Um, like, uh, you know, confirmation of communion dresses, all that kind of stuff. Right. So just a little bit of a change of sort of, yeah, you know, for the venue for and, and, bef- the na- and the neighbours having to deal with, you know. And before that. <laughs> people <laughs> drunkenly stum- stumbling out of <laughs> Lacey's kids were here with. Well, they probably were. And, like, if you just turn around, you can see the little pit holes in the, the wood. Yep. That's from where she um, her counter was and she'd stand there with the stilettos. That's fantastic. <laughs> you can see that. That's, a fa- that's fantastic. I'm really, I'm, I feel like I want to see photos of Lacey's kids wear back in the day. It's uh, quite it disturbing. Where we've got the blue door, she had a bright pink door with a big <laughs> L on it. <laughs> so her surname was Lacey, I take it. Uh, no, no, it was just what she called it. Because I always think of Lacey Underall from <laughs> Lacey Underall from uh, oh, what's the golf movie? Chevy oh, Chase. Oh, uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah, Caddyshack. <laughs> there's something just so the, the site has a has sort of a history to it. That, and well, know, and before that, I think it was a butcher shop for forty years. Yeah, so right you can right. see from the, the the design at the front. Yeah, yeah that, that fits. Sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so the building. Is a hundred and twenty years old. So, yeah, right. 
And like it's all double brick, so like you can be as loud as you want here and like go outside, you just won't hear it. We'll hear it upstairs, you won't hear it. Yep. That way. Yeah. Which is perfect. Yeah. And so did count did it take a while to get it through council and stuff like that, or is it just We started the process in August two thousand and seventeen. Yep. And we're approved in May. Yeah, right. It should have gone a lot quicker, but there are other things that where it's- we've just changed to a general license. Yep. Um, it got to council. We got it approved through council, and then somebody objected for reasons that we didn't understand. Yeah, right. It's amazing how council, with that number of times mm. we've now met with either breweries, or thinking of, I'm thinking of quiet breeds and others, yeah. you know, where you know councils oh. want their areas to be hip and happening, and for you know things to be going on, and they just take so long to actually make those things around. Oh, it's got a lot to do with, like, the conservative nature they have to have, you know, from their decision-making process and that everybody who works for council... So if you work for Council A, your next job, where's that? Mm. It's at Council B. Yeah. So the exact same thinking goes to each council and the conservatism just builds up and builds up and yeah. builds up. So, mm. like, there's one brewer who is trying to get a tap room out in country Victoria... And they're having, te- like, the issues they're having are just disgraceful, even though next door is a, a wine tasting place. Yeah, right. Mm. And the council can't get it through their head that they're very similar. No, they yeah. say, no, you're this. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if you're selling beer, that automatically means that you're going to have, you know, your bow's doing donuts out the front mm. of your venue or something. Yeah. But as, which is obviously just so far from the reality that, you know. Oh, 100%. But that genuinely seems to be the the uh, pushback that almost every single guest we've had on the podcast has had. Where, mm. the other hand, the VCGLR, amazing to deal with. Mm. Get it done. You want something done? Yeah, not a problem. I've had somebody, a, a VCGLR person ring me up and apologise because they saw an error on our licence that nobody had picked up. Yeah, right. And they corrected it and emailed me the new licence in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's... I, Pretty amazing turnaround. Like it's just for a proper state government department. Like it's a different. Like you just don't expect that. Mm. No, not at all. Kudos to the VCGLR. Yeah. In fairness, I emailed them with a question the other day, and they'd got back to me within half an hour. Yeah. Just like you know, compared to say Telstra, don't get me started. I'm not going to get you started. What about Telstra? No, 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 no. I won't have to edit around that for an hour and a half. Um, all right. Well, look, given that it's a couple of days into the new year, uh, what were your favourite drinks of 2019? 2019 favourite drinks? You can get in on this as well, David. We had... Um, and uh, so Capital Brewing out of Canberra, mm-hmm. yeah. they do a blood orange neeper called the Hangloose Juice. Yeah. So available in cans, it'll do quite well on that Gab's Hottest 100. Um, we got the only keg outside of Canberra. Yeah, right. Nice. And it was spectacular. And it was, you know, on the higher end of, you know, like we were charging $15 a pint. So that, like yeah. for us that's mm. expensive. And it was gone in, you know, a week and a half. Yeah, right. Like yeah. it just pumped out. Like yep. people, and people were coming in just sitting at the bar and having five pints of it. It was so good. <laughs> and that was me while I was working. 
I've heard a few things about Capital Brewing mm. uh, in the last six months. So yeah, like they're, they're doing good stuff. They're doing really interesting stuff. They're um, they ca- they're coming across as they're more interested in the beer than the promotion to do for something else. Right. Yep. Yeah, we used to have a red aisle or something from them as well, I think. From yeah. So, was that a Mr. Griffiths? Mm, yeah. It was back in the day. That was a couple of years ago. Mm. Any other highlights of 2019? Um, I really enjoyed some of those Deeds ones. I think their Hummingbird Cake beer was one Well, we've of only just got Deeds in here. Yep. Um, You're uh, looking for comments from the well, assistants <laughs> from... Jill has Jill. a beer that she really liked, and I don't know what she's. Sorry. Oh yeah, sour beers from Dollar Bill. Yep. Um, I, like I, I went to the Gabs Festival and walked around and tried everyone's beer Profe- for professional reasons. For professional reasons. <laughs> if Mr. Fordenberg's going through your tax yeah. return about why the Gabs tickets, you know, count as tax deductions, <laughs> and um, got to Dollar Bill and I was like. Where's this come from? Yeah. Like mm. lambics that are made in yeah you know, in Ballarat that really know what they're doing. Yeah, like that yeah you know, shocked me. And it's awesome beers. And mm. like every time we get them, like we have got probably you know six of them left out of you know fifty. Yeah, right. And mm. like they they do a scrumpy their cider. Like yeah. it's gone within a week. Like things like that. Like yep, nice. Can I um, see what I have to have next? That's <laughs> good. I also enjoyed the Moondog um, Captain Raisin beer, which was yeah, that's the, a big beer. Yeah. Um, what, what was that? I didn't uh, rum and raisin that. Imperial Stout aged in a rum barrel. Yeah, mm. right. Um, really, we had one uh, just before Christmas. Yeah, it had some friends from Hong Kong, so we opened one up and definitely a beer to share. Yeah, I've, I've seen four people share a bottle of that between them and. That was exactly how much each of them needed yeah. of it. Like it's a big taste. Yeah, um, and they're just the um, the bigger beers that Moondog are actually doing. Like they've become <laughs> ultra collectible. Mm. Yeah, right. So the jumping the sharks, I got as many as I could, and they were like they were pre-sold. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I also enjoyed their dog series, like the jacket. Yeah. The ED, some of those were mm. really nice as well. Um, I think. My favourite beer was the Cranberry Goze that I had from Bonehead mm. in Kensington. That was a really good summer beer as well. Yeah. I agree. I just did not stop drinking that. Yeah. And one of those beers that people who don't always like beers are really into. Hmm. We've got the Bridge Road uh, Christmas Unicorn on at the moment, which is a vanilla ice cream. Oh, one. okay. And that's got the same sort of thing to it. People you know, who don't like beer can sit and drink a lot yeah. of that beer. Yeah, because we've got the um, raspberry splice, yep. raspberry ice cream pale ale from Moondog on. Yeah. And, like, yeah, people that like, like – and it's like the um, the salby, like the more mm. cidery salbies, people are just drinking them. That mm. Yeah, I had something a bit different. really got into sours of any real description until this one. Mm. And then I'm not, I, don't, I don't really have a definitive reason as to why I loved it so much. I just – didn't stop drinking it. Sours. Because <laughs> we were in, yet again, going around the world drinking beer. We are in Miami and they've got probably four breweries within like a kilometre of each other. So you can start at one and walk around. Yeah. And the second one we went to was a sour only brewery. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was really interesting. Like they'd made a call to only go sour just because something had gotten infected and they said, well, that's actually worked. Yep. Yeah. We'll just keep going on with it. And that was 2016. And like the sour, like we're really starting to see more and more sours coming out of Australia. Yeah. Where the rest of the world are probably a little bit more. Hmm. It's amazing yeah. how like a brewery can find their niche and then that's, mm. that's all that they do. Like to only mm. do to be a craft brewery that well, they had sours. Mm. So yeah. And like they had sours and Star Wars graffiti. <laughs> Soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good family outing for, yeah. for me and my. You know, well, we walked in there and they had um, V for Vendetta on with the the text on below it, music, good music playing, and Star Wars graffiti and sour beers. Like, yeah, we stayed there for a while <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, what kind of things are you looking forward to doing in in twenty twenty? Or are there any events coming up? That- uh, we've got the Super Bowl coming up on the third of Feb. Um, already, yeah. Mm. So we've had a it's a, just, it's a scary thought. <laughs> we've got it. We've had a long-standing booking for that. Yeah. So yeah. last year we had you know twenty people in, and we don't uh, the only like next, one of our next door neighbours, him and his mates. Mm. Right. So they're doing it again this year, and we just expand a bit more because you know like something to do. It's always um, a good day. Yeah. Yeah. And like, well, the, the extend the license so we can start serving at ten. And by three, we're closed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, it's, yeah. A, it's a perfect day. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> or at least you should be closed. I think there was one infamous one that we did at Mr Griffiths where we should have closed at three o'clock in the afternoon, but we had a delivery of founders that day. Oh. And so we sat there and drank through all the new founders that we'd got that day. It was a pretty messy evening. Uh, tend to happen. Yeah, my, uh, yeah, my day was pretty big mm. last year and the year before. It's only been a recent thing for me to get involved in the Super Bowl, but it's it's fun. It's a mm. fun day. It was a good fun in Hong Kong because you were three hours behind here. So wherever it's kick off at ten <coughs> here, it's kick off at seven in the morning there. Ooh. And our local we good friends with the like the general managers and the chefs at the local, they are all American. Mm. And we'd been trying to get them to do it. We took them to one the year before and say so said, no bugger this like this place was packed. We're doing it next year. Yeah. And when they put it out, there was a 250-seat venue mm. and it was sold out. Yeah, right. And it was all, I think it was about 150 bucks Australian or you could eat and drink where there's no concept of an RSA there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and, and the Super Bowl takes a long time. <laughs> well, rocking up at 7 o'clock in the morning and having someone literally throw a glass of Prosecco into your hand. So that's the kickoff. And like amazing food, like you get up and eat. And you're there for you know, five hours and it's midday. I can eat a lot in five hours. Yeah. I'm not sure that they'd really thought through their pricing on that one. But <laughs> oh, they just they were just there to have fun. Yep. Yeah. The, and um, so we've just changed to a general license and we now have live music. Or we can have live music. <laughs> oh, nice. So we'll probably do that on the Australia Day. Yeah, right. On the Sunday. Cool. So well, a couple yeah. of things to look forward to. Yeah. 100%. Um. Well, I'm out of questions, so I think we can. I'm out of questions, and I'm almost out of beer. So it seems like an opportune time to uh, wrap things up and get another drink. Um, Just before we do, David, do you have things that you would like to plug? Read the Royal Mail Hotel. I'm sure I do, Damo. Uh, Put you on the spot. 
but I can't quite think of them right now. So we'll obviously be open for the Super Bowl as well, and we'll be open for the Royal Rumble Wrestling on Monday the 27th, which is the public holiday. So come down and watch the wrestling with Domo and I and numerous other uh, people. That should be a good one. And on the uh, Saturday of that weekend, which is the Gab's Hottest 100 Announcement, mm-hmm. we'll do the same kind of thing that we did last year at the Royal Mail of doing some blind tastings of some of the beers that we think are going to make it into that top 100 yep. and a bit of live podcasting as well. So if you fancy being on the podcast, uh, come down and if your taste buds are good enough, you'll get to feature on an episode of the podcast. You can, of course, go back and listen to that equivalent last episode. Last year's Gabs, yeah. Last year's Gabs episode where you can hear... Damo and me decline in our understanding of how to speak the English language <laughs> as the afternoon wore on. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Uh, yeah. People are listening. Thank you for that. Keep downloading it. Tell your friends. Rate and review. You know the drill. And we'll be back with another episode of the Call Room really soon. Sometimes there is nothing better to do than to go out and get stuck into a few. I'm gonna spend my time with a good friend like you.